guys welcome back to off to the races it's claire and audrey and um <laughs> i don't even know how to start this anymore welcome back to the podcast it's been so long since we recorded the last time we recorded we were predicting round one of the finals and now we're three games into the finals which is absolutely crazy we kind of suck at podcasting <laughs> so we're gonna try to do it more often um we say that and we probably won't but we'll just try to pop in episodes every now and then um when interesting things happen yeah so today's episode is gonna be a lot about the finals initially we just tried to listen back i got a little impatient but i think we both predicted sun's heat in the finals and then sun's winning it if i'm not mistaken i'm a little bit embarrassed about this pick i think if I we would have if we would have gone past round one i definitely would have seen that the suns weren't as dominant as we thought they were yeah i would agree because even in round one who were they playing Pelicans. Okay. Even when in round one when the Suns were playing the Pelicans, it was like, it they they just showed that they weren't the super dominant force. Um, I definitely thought the Heat was though. Like that was a good pick by us, even though they were we literally just picked one seeds. But I am actually really happy with this outcome of the finals. It's Warriors Celtics. I don't hate either team necessarily. I'm definitely I'm cheering for the Celtics. I'm cheering for the Warriors. Just because she's a bandwagon? No. Um, no. I'm just like... <laughs> and I think out of this, I'm actually starting to become, like, a Celtics fan. Um, Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. But after the Bucks lost the Celtics, it just showed that the Celtics are such a dominant team. And I'm like, they're going to go all the way. They then beat the Heat, who was up and rising. They were doing really, really well. And now they're in the finals. They're up. I think they're going to go up three to one tomorrow uh, right now they're two to one right now it's two to one but they're at home again and they look so good at home um so yeah what's your prediction how many games and who's gonna win well i'm i'm gonna say the warriors i don't know if this is even gonna happen but i'm gonna say game seven would seven. be at warriors yeah i would say seven games because i don't know if they can win four consecutive yeah i'm gonna go i don't know i think i'm gonna go six and i'm gonna go celtics they're gonna win it at home Celtics and six. Um, that sounds wrong. I know. It's always Bucks and six, guys. But um, yeah, I have Celtics and six. They're gonna win tomorrow, and then they'll probably they'll lose one at the Warriors, and then win it at home. Um, I think it's it's really hard to close out games, and the Warriors definitely showed that. So I think that's why it's gonna go to six. I also don't want the season to be over because that's gonna be so sad. I just wanted to point out that the Warriors versus Celtics game, the closest final game that any of them have won is a 12-point game. But they so the have ending, been close. The endings haven't been close. The NBA is a game of runs. You'll, like, go mm-hmm. on a run, and then the other team will go on a run and catch up, and then they're like, whatever. Like, in game one, was it? Game two, whatever there was, the 18-0 to run that the uh-huh. Celtics made, that was, like, insane. So, you know what? Game one. Game one, yeah. You know what? You never know with the NBA. So now we're going to move a little bit into the NBA draft, and we're going to talk about some of the top prospects of the draft um and what we think like their assets are and then we're gonna finish out with a little bit more of the final stuff we'll also we have to talk about a lot of random stuff we don't really have a plan today we're just gonna talk a little bit so okay, we are going off uh cbs sports by the way okay so one of the top ones it's given us is paulo bancaro from duke bon Bonchero, whatever. Something um, like that. You guys know who he is i know who he is i jumped on that duke bandwagon at the end of the March Madness but basically I think he's a really great asset he's really tall and he's super fast like he has guard speed with his height which I think is really good um 
I think he's a good pick. I don't think he's a one overall type of guy, but I think he's a helpful pick, and he, like, works well with other teams, so. Yeah, I would agree. The next one is, I don't even know how to say his the, name. The guy from Kansas the guy everyone's from Kansas, obsessed with. I w- went on a spree where I was obsessed with him, too, so. Um, he is a very, he, okay. Most of the games at the end of the season, he got face guarded through, like, all the games, so you couldn't really base it off of that, but he is a three-point threat. He's an attacker threat. He can play very good defense. He kind of reminds me of Giannis as an NBA player comparison. Um, the only the only thing is he is a much better shooter than Giannis. Yeah. But other than that, I can see how he could, like, grow into, like, almost a Giannis figure. Yeah, his body build is very similar. Yeah. We also have Jabari Smith Jr. from Auburn. He did really well in the tournament. He's just, like, a quick little guard. Um, he shot 42% off the three-pointers this year. So that was that's also a good one. And he's very good defense. Also, Johnny Davis from Wisconsin is a great pickup. Um, Johnny is from his sophomore or from his freshman year to his sophomore year, he developed so much. It's it's like crazy because freshman year he really just like had a role as like he was just a role player. That was like his role that he was jumped into. He came off the bench. I'd say he was like sixth seventh man. Um, yeah. And he came in and he did what needed to be done. Sophomore year rolls around. And he's a new person and it's. It's kind of crazy how much he evolved. He had a much better 1v1 game. His um, vertical got higher. Um, his defense turns into offense, and I think that's how he gets a lot of his points, and people really underestimate that. But I think that he is going to do really well in the league. The next one would be Keegan Murray. Um, he is an excellent defender and who, sh- who averaged um, three blocks in college he's also really really good at getting to the hoop and finishing and when he's not finishing he's a very good three-point shooter at almost 40 percent and he shot about five threes a game he can just do everything um also one that i don't really want to talk too much about is chet holmgren i am personally not a fan of him i think like i know he can't help his build (laughs) but i think he's a little bit like weak and i think he's just gonna get pushed around in the draft um but you know we'll see what what's going another on. another big one is Jaden Ivy from oh Purdue Purdue he is a very quick player how tall he is he I don't know but he he looks tall his legs are long he's just really clutch and I feel like any team would be lucky to have any of these people but once again like not one person one person isn't gonna change like the whole team dynamics you know. So that's why sometimes the draft is difficult to predict because they're like, they go to this team, the team doesn't start winning, they're like, oh, they're a bust, but no, like, one person isn't going to change anything. Um, another one that is in it is Shadon Sharpie. He did not play, he went to Kentucky, but he did not play his freshman sharp. year. Sharp, sharp. Um, he never played his freshman year, um, but they are predicting he goes fifth overall to the Detroit Pistons. Um, and they're saying that he's a very good player, but it depends on if the teams want to take the risk since they haven't seen him play college. Yeah. Um, and there's also a guy from Australia who's playing in the G League right now, Dyson Daniels. Um, he is a very good player. I've seen him seen him play. Okay. TV. Yeah. So when's the draft? It's after the finals, like a couple weeks after, right? Yeah, something like Sometime that. Sometime then. So we'll keep you updated with like um who gets drafted and we'll have a whole episode on that. Um because where everyone's predicted to go and stuff. We're gonna jump back to the finals. Something I really wanted to talk about was Draymond Green. So I listened to his podcast, the Gr- the Draymond Green show. I don't listen to every episode anymore because he kinda bothers me sometimes. <laughs> 
but I definitely listened to some episodes and he's very headstrong. He thinks he's always right. He complains a lot. So one of the main things he gets is technicals. He gets a ton of technicals and he got one in game one and he got many in the series before, which was the, was that the Memphis series? No Mavericks. Oh, the Mab series. No, I think it was the Memphis one. He got more techs, but what? regardless one of those two he gets so many technicals and there was one it was game two he got one or game one whatever he got one technical he should have gotten a second one but they didn't call it because they wanted Draymond to be still in the game you know and it's things like that where it's like ridiculous that they they're gonna alter a rule just for a finals game because any other game any other player they would have gotten ejected because he would have gotten another technical he deserved it he deserved at least five of them that game in most games so my question posed is do you think that Draymond helps his team or hurts his team mainly regarding like not when they're playing I know he's a great asset but like do you think he causes issues in the locker room do you think he's well liked like what do you think um I'm gonna go I'm gonna stick on the court to start Mm -hmm. um if we're going back to the regular season I would be like oh yeah he's for sure like a positive person on their team um he helps their team a lot more than it hurts them because he was the passer he was always finding them but now you see now you see him in the playoffs where he's just trying to get chippy he's trying to make the other team mad Mm -hmm. and I don't really prefer to watch those players I'd rather just prefer to watch the players who play clean and play good um which is some of his teammates but I don't know he in the playoffs, I would say he actually might be hurting his team. He's a very good player. Do not get me wrong. But it's just the technicals and how many of them he is yeah. getting. He really coins himself as a facilitator, and I feel like he does that really well. He he doesn't look for open shots. If you're guarding him, you can step back to the free throw line because he's not about to shoot it. He shoots, like, once every few times. Um, another thing that I want to bring up is um, everyone always talks about how Luca needs to like shut his mouth and he need he has way, he gets way too many technicals i agree but no one ever talks about Draymond. no they do and the but thing not is, as much but the thing is luca is young he doesn't like he can make plays on his own his game talks for him Draymond's game doesn't talk for him because he does all the little scrappy things that no one cares about and i feel like Draymond, or they don't not that they don't care but they don't like see Draymond's mm-hmm. reputation is that he talks and I feel like it's just used we're just used to it now and he Draymond can get away with more I feel like than Luca can I don't know why that is um but I feel like Draymond is more of like a positive influence and I feel like yeah he gets a lot of technicals I do think he's a really great teammate he pushes everyone he always puts other people before him he'll look he'll find he'll have a wide open layup and he'll kick it out to Steph for a three or pass it to the other post, whatever it is. So I feel like he is positive. And I think the only thing that hurts them is, like, technical fouls, like, extra points. Also, his free throws need some work. They are flat. They are so flat. They literally are just, like, a rocket launch right at the rim. So I do think he's actually kind of helpful for their team. And, like, he fouled out last night. The game, it wasn't a close game, but then it got even worse, you know. So just things like that. And then there could also be things said with, like, the officiating. Um, yeah. And then another thing is, after, or in game three yesterday, Steph hurt his foot, maybe his rib or something. They said he's not even going to get an MRI. I think he's getting, do you think he's, like, getting kind of old? Like, 
I feel like he's getting hurt every game. Is he, like, fragile? Like, what is it? I don't really know. Because the play yesterday, like, Al Horford dove to get a jump ball, and Steph's foot was under there. Like, there there wasn't a dirty play. It was just, like, hustle. Yeah, um, I don't... I don't know. I feel like he's kind of getting old, but not really. I don't know. He's still in, like, good shape, and he runs around, like... Yeah, I don't... I think... I think there's just a lot of... I think basketball's just very injury-prone. Yeah, but I don't know. It's something about his body that's making him get hurt all the time. I don't know. Because I feel like all these other guys do it, but when we compare them, they're, like, much younger. Haven't had as much... He's also, like, running around way more than a lot of the uh-huh. other players so he has more opportunities and people are getting so close on him so he has more they have more opportunities and stuff uh-huh. he has more opportunities to get hurt for sure okay we're gonna jump into our top five this is gonna be a really short episode and we apologize but it's an episode but next one maybe will be longer and we'll actually have a plan but this one was really spontaneous so just just be lucky that we're here okay ready top five Today's top five topic is... The top five players to watch right now in the finals, our opinions, obviously. Audrey starts off with number five. And we have to do a little explanation why. My number five is Jalen Brown. I like watching Jalen Brown, even though he's not on the team I'm cheering for. That's why he's not as high up. Um, he is a very good scorer. And he can play defense, even though he doesn't get that much credit for playing defense. Oh, his block yesterday. Which, which I think is really cool because... He has the defensive player um, on his team smart, but and he doesn't get as much credit. But it, without the rest of them on the Celtics, Smart wouldn't have been able to even earn that. So All five starters on the Celtics were nominated by at least one person for Defensive Player of the Year, which is, yeah. like, really crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, my number five is the only warrior I have on the list, and that's Gary Payton Jr. And he's really underrated. He had, His first game back was game two. He broke his elbow in the Memphis series. Um... But I just think he comes out with a really, like, cool, like, energy that is really needed for the Warriors. And he, you can just, like, sometimes I just sit there and I watch one person in a play, just, like, running around, whatever. And he just is always moving. He sets really good screens. No one, no one, um, credits him for, like, screens and just doing, like, the little things to help, hitting big shots, stuff like that. My number four is Looney on the Warriors. He has got, gotten a lot more hype Mm. recently. But he, if you watch him, he is a rebounding machine. One game he had 22 rebounds. Yeah. Um, he just makes the Warriors get their second opportunities. Um, if you watch other big players, like big... Bigs. Bigs. <laughs> big players. Bigs. On their team, they go for the rebound, but Looney, like, is getting it. Like, he's not going to stop. He knows where to be. He's in the correct position. I think he's going to get a big deal in the offseason mm-hmm. for a new team. I do not think he's coming back to the Warriors, even though... He's underappreciated. Even though um, the, Warriors the Warriors coach are keeps bringing it up. I just, don't think The so. Warriors are too deep. Mm-hmm. They, like, have too many players they could play, and I think that's where, like, one of their biggest weaknesses is. Um, My next one is Marcus Smart. I used to hate Marcus Smart with a passion, and now after... And this was in the Bucks series? Yeah. And now <laughs> after watching the Heat series and this finals now... I've realized how important he is, and I thought he was just defense. Like, he won defensive player of the year. I thought he was a just defender dude, but now I've realized that he does so much more offensively, and he also is kind of more of a... He's kind of a Draymond Green. He's a facilitator, but he actually looks for his shot on offense, so... Um, my next player is Jason T- Jason Tatum. One of the reasons is his kid. I'm just kidding. Deuce. But his kid is very cute. Warms him up every game. 
but he is just a really fun player to watch. Not in the Bucks series. He was a pain in the butt. Um, uh-huh. He made us mad. He's so he's but, so good. But now if you watch him, he is he can shoot. He can score. He just makes those big plays for his teammates. He get his teammates open. Yeah. He said one of the main things he's focusing on is going to the hoop to score and not to get fouled because you can't depend on the refs. And I feel like last game he did so much better at doing that and, like, scoring out of it, not needing free throws. My next one is Robert Williams the third. He is on the Celtics. He is their big their their big and their big um, player. Their big player. He also de- does so well rebounding. He gets himself in a perfect position. He's also just overall like he didn't have a very good series, the Mavs series, but he did well in the Grizzlies series and then has come real out really strong in this series and he just He's really good at reading, and he's really good at defense, too. Like I said, he, he's he been nominated for Defensive Player of the Year, and I think their team as a whole just works so well together, and he's, like, one of the key pieces. Um, my next player is, no surprise, Steph Curry. Yeah. Um, He is fun to watch when he's on. He's fun because he can take it to the hoop, and five people can be on him, yeah. and he can still figure out how to he's score creative. it. Yeah. The only thing I don't really like about him is his defensive mind. Like, he can play defense, but he always gets beat. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, I also there's some there's some plays that I don't like about him. He's always on the ground. He is. He falls like, a lot of threes. Like, like falling on threes, like he gets tapped. He's on the ground. I don't like that. So yeah. I don't really like that. So that's why he's my number two and not my number one. My number two is Jalen Brown. Andre kind of talked about him, but he has he's like a silent assassin. I feel like he does everything so well, whether people are realizing him or not. Like. He'll come out in the first quarter and have 17 out of 20 points for the Celtics, and that's just how he is, and then he can stay pretty quiet the rest of the game and finish with, like, 50. Like, it's crazy how how little recognition he gets sometimes because Jason Tatum's always in the spotlight, but I think Jalen Brown is one of my favorite players now. Like, um, he's just so fun to watch. He's so... Him and Jason are both really, really good at finishing, like, one-on-one in transition or just going to the basket and making a move, so. Um, my number one is also not a surprise. My favorite player ever is Jordan Poole. Yep. Um, I love watching him play, though. He's kind of, like, reminding me of Steph Curry a little bit. Yeah. Because he can shoot, he can score, but one of the main things is how crafty he is since he is so young. I feel like the younger players are so much more crafty. Mm-hmm. And, not sit at their like, race. you don't have to, like, if they get, they're going to beat you. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. There's moves where you go under the basket to, like, come back. Like, double pumps. And you, just, never, you never know what you're going to get, but they're so crafty because, like, there's a new generation coming. And I feel like that's why I like watching younger players, let alone, like, Steph Curry, where he will score, but it's more like he just goes straight at them and goes, like, tries to go around them. And he still puts it in because he practiced it. But, but Jordan Poole and all these younger players will figure out how to get a wide-open layup mm-hmm. by being crafty, by faking, by making, by using their body in a specific way. Definitely. And then my number one is also, no surprise, Jason Tatum. He is just in always in so much control. He never looks panicked. He's always, like, so chill. Like, I think right when, like, obviously I knew he was good, but in the Nets, was that the first game when he had that really controlled spin into the layup for the buzzer beater? Like, I was like, wow. He's going to do so well this playoffs, and he has not disappointed. So those are our top five. We will be back with another episode pretty shortly, probably when finals are over, I'd say. 
um maybe for that probably not don't get your hopes up but yeah we'll talk to you guys then thank you so much for sticking around with us we are very sorry about being so inconsistent we will be back it's summer now yeah i would say we have more time i would say we have more time but we don't i think Um, we actually get busier yep but we'll try to squeeze them in um Yep, make sure to subscribe, rate, because you can rate on Spotify, you can rate on Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen to. So, catch you next episode. Bye. Bye, guys.